others in Matthew 6, 7, and 8. But when you pray, do not be, let's see, when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Now, I know that we talked about this in another message, uh, but I just kind of re- want to refresh yourself with what the, these verses were, because Jesus was dealing with the wrong way to pray. He wanted to get that out of the way. And the, like I told you, the, the, the Pharisees, they loved to stand on street corners. They loved to pray and be seen of man and heard of man for their many prayers that they say. And as believers, that isn't what God wants us to do. And that's what Jesus was addressing. And then he goes from there to tell us the right way to pray. Uh, Matthew 6, 9. He says, then this is how you should pray. Now, he gives us what we, what we call the Lord's Prayer. But in reality, that isn't the Lord's Prayer. If you want to know and read the Lord's Prayer, go to John 17. And that was actually his prayer that was written down and the way that he prayed. When, the way that he prayed. prayed. Uh, what he was doing in these verses was trying to show us the right way to pray. He did away with the wrong way because God doesn't want the wrong way. We're really good at doing things the wrong way, aren't we? We want to be seen of man. We want people to know, man, I prayed three hours last night. Wow, pat me on the back. You know, and then that's a good exercise if you're trying to get rid of this this flabby arm stuff thing, you know, that you just pat yourself on your back, think of all the good things that you've done and uh, how long you've prayed. Now, the Lord's prayers, we love this. It's really great. As Christians, we love this. This, the Lord's prayer, we repeat it over again. Some churches repeat it every Sunday. Because it's a great prayer. But we don't understand that just repeating this thing doesn't, it isn't a prayer. When we're just doing it, oh, I said the Lord's Prayer today, so I'm okay for the day, just like we got in that video. She was trying to do a religious duty, and God messed things up by interfering. And we try to get involved in our prayer, and we get through all the things that we need to do, and we don't give God time to respond at all. It's not... It's, it's not praying to God, it's praying to do our religious duties. And we just figure we've done our good thing deed for the day by praying. And that's what we've done. So I've settled that my religious thing. We admire the Muslims sometimes because they three, pray three times a day. And they don't care where they're at when it's time to pray, do they? If they shut down all the traffic in New York City or wherever it is that they are, they do it. They don't care who's watching. They put out their little prayer rug, and they get down, and they get down, and they bow, and they pray three times a day. We say, wow, that's great. But the reality is they're not praying. They're repeating a prayer over and over again, and it's the same prayer three times a day that they pray. And, because, and they think, because I'm doing my religious duty God is going to honor me. God is going to hear my prayer because I repeated this over and over again and I let people see me pray. So we expect God to honor that. And we say, oh man, they do a good job because they pray three times a day. They pray more than we do. But it's not words to the real God. It's, they're vain words. They're just repetition. As believers, we aren't supposed to do that. We're supposed to pray to God and we talk to God with a heart that we want him to hear. Not to be seen of men. And repetition isn't what God wants from us. 
God doesn't want us to get up in the morning and say the Lord's Prayer every day and think that's it. It's not it. Whether that prayer can be just as vain as whatever prayer that the Muslims pray, if we're not praying it from the heart. Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer to teach us how to pray, not what to pray. Isn't that right? He says, this is how you should pray. He didn't say, this is what you should pray. You won't read that anywhere in the Bible when you're looking at these verses. He says, this is how you pray. Because they're doing it wrong over here. They're not praying to God. They're praying just to hear themselves pray. And the words don't hit the throne room at all. They do no good. They walk away from those prayers the same. Because it isn't praying from the heart. Jesus says, I want more from you. This is how I want you to pray. This is how I want you to come into the throne room. Not on your own efforts, not saying a bunch of words that are actually meaningless to you. That isn't what God wants. He's condemned it. And and as we look at this, from that that perspective, we'll understand. It's kind of like, how would you feel? You get a pick up the phone up, and you call Martha and say, Oh, Martha, oh, Martha, oh, Martha, most marvelous friend and confidant, please share me your insight and your wisdom and your gracious knowledge. And every time you called Martha, you said the same thing over and over again. It wouldn't be very long till Martha would block your calls. Because you're not wanting anything. You're just there filling the air with words. And God doesn't want us to just be filling the air with words. He wants us to come from the heart. And he wants it to mean something. When you call your friend, they, you want, to, they want you to talk to a real person. They don't, don't you hate those spam calls that you get? And they're just the recordings. They call and you answer the phone and they give you a recording. Now that same recording plays to thousands or millions of people. Wonderful, isn't it? Well, that's what we do with God when we come into his presence and we just pray the Lord's Prayer. We're just playing words that are meaningless. They're spam prayers. I'm not saying you shouldn't play the, pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm not getting there at all because I love the Lord's Prayer and I love to pray it, but I want to pray it from the heart. And if I can't pray it from the heart, I don't want to say it at all. Do you? I want to say words that's going to touch God's heart and it's going to make it to the throne room. And that's only going to happen if my heart is right with God. And then I'm not, not having a conversation from, from what I can read out of here and say, Our Father, which art in heaven, and just be meaningless words and get up and I go in my day thinking I've done my religious duty. That's what God did when he gave us this. Matthew 6, 6. <clears throat> but when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God will reward us for the time that we spend with him when we spend it from the heart. Not so we can tell somebody, man, I prayed three hours last night. You just lost your reward. Doesn't matter what happened in that three hours, you lost the reward from God. I know that, and I know that all of you here have had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or remember back when you, before you got married and you talked to, your, talked to your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your future spouse on the phone. I know it isn't so much now because everybody has individual cell phones, but when we had party lines and somebody talked on it, man, you'd go find a corner of the house that you could talk so no one would listen in, don't we? There are times when the phone rings and I'm in a group of people, I'll answer it and I'll talk to them right there because it's not a big deal. 
But there are other times I'll get those phone calls and I need to get into an area that's private because it's a private conversation. I don't want anybody to hear. Well, that's what prayer is supposed to be. Our personal prayer, anyway. We're supposed to get alone with God and we talk to him and we are ourself. See, I can tell God anything I want. And I've told you many times, I tell God when I'm mad. Why didn't you do this, God? I'm mad at you because you didn't do this. But then I ask for forgiveness, but that's my heart. It's in my heart, so I get it right out there. I don't leave the elephant in the room. And we need to start coming to those private places and start allowing him to look in our lives and say, you have a bad temper. You, this problem needs to be corrected. You need to forgive somebody. We need to look at those things and allow God to do that. But we don't do that. What do we do? We just ignore it and think it's going to go away. Well, it won't because our prayers are going to be hindered. We can say all the prayers we wanted, but if we don't deal with the things God wants us to deal with, they're just empty words we're saying. God wants to change us. God wants to, to form us into a, a more than what we are now. He wants to give you and bless you more than you have now. But we are limiting his power in our lives and in the lives of this community and this church because we're not willing to get rid of those things. Oh, everybody's got problems. I'm just as good as the people in the church. Yeah, you are. But God isn't dealing with everybody as a whole. He's dealing with us specifically if we want to. If we don't want to, then hey, hang up the phone. Don't call on him. It won't make any difference because if you're saying prayers and just repeating things because it's a religious duty, he's not hearing it anyway. He hears our heart before anything that comes out of our mouth. And we need to realize that as believers. <coughs> we call people because we want to talk to them, don't we? I know that every other week I used to call my mom and the other week I'd call my dad. They were divorced. So that way I was talking to one of them every week. And they're both in heaven now. But I miss the, miss the because I can't call them. And I'll sit and think, man, it's been so many years since I was able to call them. And, it, you know, it's hard. If you've ever lost a parent or a loved one in that, you know, if you were close to them, how hard it is not being able to talk to them. It's hard. But there's times we need to talk to people. We may not want anything. We may just want to talk to him. And that's what God wants. We may not need anything particular. We just want to talk to him. I remember one time I was, about a year ago, I went to the store and, and I bought groceries and I bought a lot of ice cream and I put it in the back of the thing, you know, because it comes up by an automatic thing, you know, you push it comes up and down. So I put it all in the back and I pushed the thing. And when I was in there, the keys fell out of my, into the back. So there I am, it's 100 degrees outside, I got ice cream in the back, and my keys are in the front in there. I can't get them, can't unlock the door, can't do anything. So I call Randy, and Randy's not home. Well, he's home, he's under the house, so he can't hear me, because he never takes his phone anywhere. Never! He goes anywhere, I say, where's your phone? Oh, it's home, I don't need it. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he's showing me he has his phone today. Wow, I'm going to take a picture. All right, great. <laughs> so he don't take it, so he doesn't hear my call, and I'm sitting there trying to get a hold of him to bring my keys, and I'm panicking because my ice cream's melting. You know, and, and I call uh, uh, Billy and Tammy, and Billy comes down to see maybe he can take me home and get my keys because I don't know where he went. For all I know, he wasn't even home. Finally, I get a hold of him, and it's been a half hour, and he does come and bring the keys, and I get in the car. But that was a desperate need that I had. <laughs> I thought ice cream, and if you know me, ice cream is very important. It's one of the building blocks of life is ice cream. 
I got to have my ice cream every day. You know, period. It's just there. I got to have it. <laughs> so it was important. And man, I'll tell you, I wasn't just saying, Randy, would you come? You know, you know, I just have a little situation here. Or I'll just sit there and say, God knows I need Randy to come, so let's wait for him to send Randy down. Don't we do that? No, we need God. We don't sit there and do this. We say, help. I've told you about the time I was driving on that dirt road, 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, and it was designed for it, so it wasn't like I was whatever, and had two flat tires at the same time. Two, not just one, two. And that car's going, wow, 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 (coughs) wow. And it's a two-foot drop. (coughs) Water break. Two-foot drop on the side of the road. And I'm about ready to roll, and I know I'm rolling because it's going like this, and there's nothing I can do. So just as I go in the air, I just yell, Jesus! So I have, Jesus! And I didn't say, please, Jesus, would you answer this prayer? No, I yelled, Jesus, and he grabbed a hold of that car and he started it and dropped it this way on the other side of the road. <clears throat> but if I hadn't called Jesus, what would have happened? I might not be here today. <laughs> I'd be in heaven. Now, wait a minute here. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing. I could be in heaven. <laughs> but see, there are those times that we need to cry out and we don't have time to say, God, Please eliminate the sin, check my heart, or anything there, whatever, I don't need to, trying to get our heart right. No, we just yell, Jesus, and he's there. But he's also there when we go in our room and we shut the door, and we say, God, I need you today. There may be times I don't want anything, or I may not need anything. I just want to be there. I want to be in the presence of God. And that's what I want for this church. I want to be able to come in here and sense the presence of God. I want this congregation to know what the presence of God feels like when it just overwhelms you. And the only reason it isn't happening is because the we people don't want it. Oh, I don't want that. It's scary. Man, the Holy Spirit comes down. That's scary. I've seen some of that stuff, and I don't like it. Well, I'm telling you, if you ever get touched by the hand of God like that, you will desire it more than anything. More than a junkie wants a fix, you'll want it. And you'll pray for it. And all of a sudden, Sunday night prayers will be full. We don't need to worry about just the 510 or whatever it is to come. Faithfully, Sunday after Sunday, to pray. Because you'll want to be there. That's what prayer is supposed to be. We want a real prayer time. And God wants it. A lot of times, people won't call on God for things because they say, well, I don't want to bother him with all that stuff. God wants to be bothered because it isn't a bother. You bother God when you don't ask him. God wants to be involved in everything in your life, every problem, every situation you're facing. God wants to be in it. And when you involve God in those areas, your life is going to be better. I can guarantee your life will change. You say, man, I wish I'd have found this years ago. But that's what God wants for your life. I talk to God all the time. I'll be driving, we'll be driving down the road, and I'll just see something that, you know, happened, or he... He, I did something that I should could have got hit with in somebody running into me or something because who knows. And I'll say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for helping me not be there. And the times I'm late, I say, God, thank you for the accident evidently you're preventing me from from because every car I get in front of is going 20 miles an hour in a 50-mile zone. And I hate that, don't you? 
I'll tell you, I know why people, there's road rage. You know, it's just for the grace of God, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> there's times I say, God, get them, because I'm having trouble here. And God and I have a conversation. And he says, you know, you've got to let that, that big P word, you know, that patience thing kick in. You need to do that. When you learn it, you won't be following so many people at 20 miles an hour and a 50 miles an hour. But until I learn, I'm going to do it. But God wants us to talk to us. He wants us to, to desperately need his presence. So he isn't pleased when we don't involve him in our life. I talk to God always. I don't always need him, but I just want to talk to him. I can tell him anything. I can tell him if I'm angry at somebody or somebody did something, and I tell God all about it. We just don't understand how personal God wants to be with us. He doesn't want it to be all mechanical and religious. He wants a personal relationship with me, with me, and he wants one with you. Can you imagine sitting down with coffee in the morning with the king of the universe, the creator of all life, wants to have a conversation with you? I mean, you just let that, and I'll tell you, you talk about name dropping. Oh, I've been to the White House. Well, I've been here. I've been there. Well, I've been in the throne room of the creator of the universe. That's a lot better to me. But that's what God wants from us. Jesus prayed about everything. There are 17 references to Jesus' prayer life. Uh, you want to put the next slide up? I'm not going to read the verses. I'm just going to show them to you. He prayed often, Luke 5:16. He prayed early in the morning, Mark 1:35. He prayed late at night, Luke 6:12. He prayed all through the night. He prayed. I almost caught that one off. He prayed at the beginning of his ministry, Luke 3:21 and 22. He prayed before he chose his 12 disciples. Matthew 6, 12, and 13. Jesus prayed before his confession that he was the Christ. Luke 9, 18 to 20. Next slide. Jesus prayed before he get, began his public ministry. Luke 3, 21, 22. Jesus prayed before he taught his followers. Luke 1, he, 11, 1. He prayed while he was teaching others. Matthew 11, 25, and 26. He prayed after he ministered to others. Matthew 14, 23. Jesus prayed before healing the crowds. Mark 1, 35. Jesus prayed before feeding the 5,000, Mark 6, 41. Jesus prayed before healing the man who was born deaf and mute, Mark 7, 34. That's a lot of prayer. Next slide. Jesus prayed before bringing the dead back to life, John 11, 41 through 43. Jesus prayed for his friends, Luke 22 and 32. Jesus prayed for his disciples, John 17, 9 through 16. Jesus prayed before his transfiguration, Luke 9, 28 and 29. Jesus prayed before the cross, Luke 22, 39 and 40 to 42. Jesus prayed on the cross, Luke 23, 34. Jesus prayed for all Christians, John 17, 20. That's the Lord's Prayer. Go there. You'll see what he prayed for. Jesus prayed for those who nailed him to the cross, Luke 23 and 34. Now, if Jesus needs to pray in all these situations, what makes us think we don't need to? I mean, he's the son of God, and he needed prayer. He needed to come to God and be renewed and refreshed and get all, and get this all. You know, I can see Jesus going, God, Father, this is world is, a, is the worst mess than you, we ever thought it was. And he needed strength. He said, man, they're trying to kill me. <laughs> they're trying to do all these things, but it's not my time. He prayed all the time because he needed to pray. We need to pray. We need to be infused with God's power in our life. We need it. And we need, we need to want to need it. And if you don't have the want to, pray that God will give you the want to. 
to where you need to. Before you can uh, pray, you need to belong to him. Galatians 4, 6. Mm. Sorry, I missed that verse. That's a very important verse. See, because he always lives to intercede for them. See, Jesus hasn't quit praying. He's still praying. He's praying for you because the them in that verse are the believers. Those that accepted him as Messiah and Christ and Savior and Redeemer. He's still praying for us. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God interceding for us. So he hasn't stopped praying. He still prays for you. Galatians 4, 6. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. And Abba in the, in the Greek is Daddy. Daddy. We can call him Daddy. Now that's a whole different ball game when you call your father Daddy, isn't it? When I was a little girl, I called my dad Daddy. I didn't call him Father. We didn't want to look at the Father, may I go to the store. <laughs> Daddy, take me with you. Daddy, pick me up. Isn't that what we did? Because it was a personal, just an intimate name that we gave our father. And only we called him that. The neighbor's kid didn't. None of my friends called my dad Daddy. None of them. Not one. Did your, any of your friends call your father Daddy? No. They didn't. Why? Because you have to be part of the family. If you're not part of the family, this doesn't apply. So you have to be part of the family before you get to call father Daddy. So that's a good, good incentive right there. I want to be able to call dad, father daddy, don't you? Abba, father, Abba. We know that. I mean, hopefully you knew what that word meant. Um, when I was up, <clears throat> so the Lord's Prayer was given so we could repeat. Couldn't, wasn't given so we could repeat it day after day. That wasn't why it was given. It wasn't given so if we have a sick child, we go over there and we say, the Lord's Prayer over him. Or if you're having a need a job, you don't go say the Lord's Prayer. No matter what your need is, can you imagine everything over, over your meal, you say the Lord's Prayer. Everything you do, it's the Lord's Prayer and nothing else. It's empty and vain when we do that. It has to have teeth to it. When I worked at Hercules Aerospace, there was a procedure for everything. I'm not kidding you. Everything had a procedure. And it was part of my job to make sure that the workers there did or followed the procedure. If they did something wrong in that procedure, they had to start over again. Do away with everything to that point, start over again. Well, that's what the Lord gave us in the Lord's Prayer. He gave us a procedure. You know what that is? They're instructions. You know, them things that fathers throw away when they're trying to put something together. <laughs> that. A procedure. That's what the Lord's Prayer was when he gave them, when he said, this is how to pray. Not what to pray. This is what I want you to do. Matthew 6, 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We come in prayer honoring the name of God, knowing who he is. Find out the names of God, who he is. He's our Jehovah Rephika, our, our, our healer. He's our Je Jehovah Makedi, our ever-present one. He's our, you know, there's all kinds of names for God. We can say those things, and as we say his name, be reminded, you're my Jehovah Sid canoe, you're my righteousness. You've covered me with your righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Hallow, honor his name. Don't come in there like you, you're entitled. We have an entitlement generation. And we're not entitled to anything. We're, we get it because Jesus died for it. 
and he gave us the ability to be able to come into his presence, but we don't get to go just go in there. We have to have a procedure. We have to come in there and know who God is and be reminded that he's our father and hallowed and honored his name needs to be. We cannot, I, I just can't overemphasize the fact of his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I come to this part of the prayer, I say, God, I want your will to be done on this earth. This earth right here, first of all, I want your will to be done on earth and this earth as it is in heaven. Everything I want to do, I want to commit my life to you today. And there's a good time that I use to pray for the will of the people in my family, our kids, our church family, my neighbors, whatever it is. I, I want your will to be done there too. I want your will to be done in our church, in our community, in our nation, in our state, in the world. It's, that's what that's for. We want God's will to be done, but it has to start here. And God's will is for us to come and pray and not take everything for granted. <clears throat> give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say, give us this day our monthly bread or our weekly bread or our yearly bread because some people only come to church twice a year and the only time they pray is when somebody's praying twice a year. He gave us said, daily bread. Give us our daily bread. He wants to see us every day. That's why he said daily bread. We cannot function without his daily bread. So we need to come into his presence and ask, here, daily give me your bread. Daily meet my needs. And that's a time, good time to ask for the things that you need in your life. Lord, this is what I want to do, Lord, but I want your will. I'm looking at a different job, a different area, Lord, but I want your will in my life. Lord, this is your will. I'm praying, Lord, for my daily bread. I'm praying for the needs of my family and my kids' family, and my church family. That's a good time to do it. Uh, verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. They did a great job in that in that video, didn't they? Sometimes we are having problems in our life because we can't forgive people. <clears throat> it's hard. You know, we sit there, we come to God, I can't forgive them. Don't, didn't you see what they did to me? They're lying about me. They're saying all kinds of things. They're, de they're, they're destroying my character. I can't forgive them, it's too hard. And God says, well, hey, wait a minute. I died on the cross for you. Hey, I took your sin upon me. I'm giving you eternal life. I spilled every drop of my blood for you to forgive you of your sins. And you can't forgive that. They talked about me worse than they've ever talked about you. And every day across this world, people take my name in vain. We have to realize that we need to forgive people. And I know it's hard sometimes, and, and, you know, I bring it to God, and I say, God, just like they did in the Bible, God, did you hear what they said, or did you see what they did? I give it to you, Lord. I, I'm going to forgive them. I'll put it in your hands and for you to work it out, and I'm not going there anymore. That's what we have to do. Otherwise, we can't have God's blessing in our life. So we have to forgive. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lead us not into temptation. A lot of times we're in, we're in places of being tempted because we do not ask him for this. <clears throat> I'm amazed that the people, they just figure things are going to happen. No, they don't. If it was just going to happen, he wouldn't have told us to pray like this. Ask for his will to be done. Don't lead me into temptation. Let me follow you and don't let that following lead to temptation. Don't let me be the leading one. And I think if we ask God in advance, don't lead me in temptation every day, the days would probably go by smoother. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. 
His is the power. He has the ability to change hearts, change lives, change churches, change communities, change this nation. God has the power to do that. But it's got to start right here. And getting up every morning and saying the Lord's Prayer just to get your religious duty done isn't going to cut it. Jesus says, I want to spend time with you. This is the formula. I don't want, want you to pray. Just pray this prayer. I want you to pray and use it like a, as a procedure. Come into my presence like this. Ask me for the day, your daily bread. Ask me to help you forgive. Ask me for all these things because I'm here for you. Give God an opportunity to talk to you. If you haven't heard from God, it's because you've never listened. We just go in there, and, and I'm good at it too. I'll go in there and say my prayers, and all right, got to go. And I don't give God a chance to answer and then I wonder why my day is so messed up. It's our own fault. Amen means so be it. I agree. So be it. Using this formula, we can pray minutes or we can pray hours. That's the formula. That's the procedure. Now, if we want to say the Lord's Prayer, go ahead and say it. But let it be a reminder of that formula when you hear it and when you see it. Don't just let it be something you say every day. Don't be the one that just like the, the Muslims praying the, in the streets, praying the same thing over and over and over again and nothing else because they, their God that they believe in, they can't talk to him like we can. They don't believe that. They're just trying to be things and they think they're going to be rewarded from all their, their bowing and all the things that they do. But see, God, look at the heart. How's your heart this morning? Do you know him? The Lord's Prayer is completely useless and meaningless to you know him. When you know him and you use your formula, you've found what Jesus told you to look for. This is how to pray, not what to pray. Amen? Let's pray. Praise Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for your word, and I thank you for your presence, Lord, that we feel in this service. And I know, Lord, that, that a lot of things have gone on today, Lord, and, and I'm thankful, Lord, for all the things that were done because I know it's according to your will and purpose. And I'm thankful for everyone that is here. And I pray, Lord, that you just search our hearts right now. And Lord, help us, Lord, to never just be saying things just to be saying them because it's my religious duty. Help us to realize what a privilege it is we, are, we have as Christians to be able to enter the throne room. But don't let us demean who you are and have the arrogance in our hearts when we come thinking that we're entitled to that. We're only allowed because you died for it. Help us, Lord, to see everything that you've done for us. Help us to submit our will and purpose to you. Help us to be what you want us to do and be, Lord, because only you can. Lord, we've accepted you, or most of us have this morning, but Lord, I pray, Lord, if somebody doesn't know you, I pray, Lord, that their heart will be changed at this moment, at this instant. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anyone here that says, I don't know God? I know maybe this isn't kind of service that you planned on this morning. And uh, I didn't know, I never know what's going to happen when I come, in this, come Sunday mornings. I have a sermon prepared, and half the time it means absolutely nothing. 